What up? Larry Buddy. Episode 74. Is it? Yeah. Um, we're artistic now. Yeah, so recently went to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Which a lot of people have been like, oh my gosh, like, did you watch the documentary? Do you know about all the happenings that have happened at this museum? Which is pretty cool. Having so much like interesting history in the place. Um, so just talk about our experience in there and how art is as a whole and if it's even worth having. Hmm. Worth having. Do you think so? Um personally, yeah. But I think it's a little bit of like an older age thing. Um, I would say if you asked me about like six years ago, five years ago, I would have had a different outlook. Yeah. I came from a STEM background, so um with that it was kind of interesting in the transition. From what? STEM to STEAM, which is science, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics for the vast majority of my life. And then having it switch over to STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. How long so, have you known about those uh, acronyms? My whole life. Really? Yeah, if you're a STEM major. Well, usually if you're not a STEM major, then yeah, you I'd, wouldn't have known. I had no anything. idea. So it was a thing for a long time as STEM. And then probably in like my final two years of schooling, um, it changed to STEAM, which I was like, whoa, STEAM, we're adding art. Like, this is so stupid. Um, But now, today, I'm like, hey, maybe there is a place for it. There's a lot more of like imagination in science and technology. So... um. Yeah, ask me today, I would definitely say yes. I'd want some kind of art. Like, I think it's worth having and worth pursuing. Um, Why do you think it's worth pursuing? Do you think it's like, for us to advance, do you think it's required? Or do you think it's just like something that humans enjoy doing? Um, I'd probably say... I think it's something that we enjoy doing, but it's important because we're not robots. And the fact that we can create art has to mean something. Yeah. Um, it is kind of interesting. Like later in the, like in this pod, we'll talk about how that can change and be different. But I think it is important how humans create and can use their imaginations to create art. I'm sure, like, some art pieces in the past, like, have even helped us progress. Mm. Like, someone just, like, drawing out an idea and, like, something that they wouldn't be able to, like, like put in words. Mm. Then they could, like, build off of that. Yeah, or it even, like, capturing historical moments in ways that, like, writing can't do. Yeah. Some history painting is kind of interesting. One of my favorite, I only know this because I've recently been to the MFA and I like this so, this piece so much. It's called The Fall of Babylon. Babylon? Which, yeah, which pretty much just has like, I, I'm not, I'm not sure too much of like the historical significance, but it does show like Egyptians. Uh, or like early like Hebrews leaving or Jews leaving Egypt and like the the sky opening up and like lightning coming down and it's like interesting to just look at because it's like oh this is like such a crazy historical moment caught in like a massive piece of art and I thought it was like really cool like oh this is like a historical moment that we can see today like better contextualizes it yeah. Um, Just like movies and things like that. What was that? Was that supposed to be like a specific, like a specific moment in history? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I thought Babylon was like some Roman like or Greek mythology stuff. Yeah, well, that's just the name of this piece. Uh, when was the last time you went to the MFA? Uh, last week. I was supposed to go this week, but... This is it here at a different angle. But it's like usually by like... It was literally by like eight by nine. So like a huge uh, piece of art. Yeah. And you could really... And it's so detailed. And you can see so much. That's cool looking. Yeah, so... Um, even things like this, you can just stare at and just see like how much detail and time went into it. Yeah. There was, what was the one? There was like a few big things at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. The one thing I really liked was, uh, it was like almost a bird's eye view on what seemed to be like either a big, like Asian house or like an Asian community. Mm. Where they had like box rooms and uh, there's like a Zen garden in the middle of it, mm. but it was actually it was just in like the mid like a hallway into another room and it was like a tiny room but it went all across the wall and there was just like a lot going on and it's mm. crazy to think like even with um what's that one on the on the ceiling oh, Sistine yeah, Chapel yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, like how much time that could have took, yeah. And like, what did he just like sit up on a on a ladder mm. to do it? Literally. Um, or maybe it was like on the ground, and then they put it, raised it up. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that that makes you think. And for those who don't know, uh, Isabella Stewart Gardner, she was, um, the child of someone who ended up making like vast amount of money and left it to her. And she decided to use that money to create a museum and get different art pieces from all around the world and put them in her home. So what she was sought out to do was create a museum that felt like you were walking through someone's house. Um, it felt that way when we were walking through it felt really different. Yeah, I've been did. to the MFA felt very different from there. Um, she lived on the fourth floor and had a bunch of different pieces all around. And you could just walk through, like, walk through her home museum. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Definitely different. Definitely completely different style to the MFA. Um, the MFA has more, like, exhibits, right? It's yeah. Like it's like an actual museum. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like every every piece in the MFA was like, this piece is here for this reason, and it's interesting because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And the Isabella Stewart Garden Museum felt like, oh, yeah, and this is actually like one of the first copies of like, like some famous person's writing, like Descartes' writing. And you're like, what the hell? Like, this is here? Like, and yeah. it's just sitting behind a, in like behind a glass booth that you could walk by. And it's like, it doesn't even look like anything ridiculous or yeah. anything special. Like so that ended up happening to me often. We would walk by something and one of the people sitting there would be like, oh, actually, like, this is something. This is Dante's Inferno. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I walked <laughs> by that like three times and didn't even know it was here. Yeah. So it's definitely different. Um, I liked how, it was, like, it did feel like you were just walking through a... I mean, it was a huge house. Yeah. Right. She like was extremely wealthy. Yeah, it was literally a mansion. But you could see how, like, some of the rooms could be, like, like a living room or, like, a bedroom or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Where people would stay in it. She would have people visit and, like, stay in these parts of the of the museum. She, she had plenty of room. Yeah. She wouldn't show it all the time, but, like, she'd open it to the public and allow people to come by and check things out, so... The garden in the middle is the coolest. I mean, it was. I think it was probably the coolest part for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wish he could go in there, but I guess yeah. people would just be ridiculous. Fuck it up. Yeah, it was really cool though. I'd recommend it. It probably it really feeds something inside of you. Like you don't know you're missing it until you go in there and check it out. Yeah, especially if you're not usually someone inclined to go to a place like that. I'd re highly recommend. I gotta go to the MFA too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I that we've talked about this like two past three episodes that I have a membership there and I love it. So recommend that too. If you buy one ticket, you might as well buy the whole thing. If you think you're gonna go more than three times in a year? Yeah, you already got your money's worth, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's interesting too. Like, uh, it's something you don't think that we actually need. Like, do we need art? Like, oh, this is kind of stupid. Like, it's kind of ridiculous now too. Like, what people say, like, oh, this is art, but this thing isn't art. Like, art has to be thousands of dollars. Has to be expensive and like the um, now it's the gorilla NFTs. Yeah. Just so stupid. Like, I get it, but it's just so crazy. Like, oh, this is what now we consider as art. So it's always forever changing for the time. So I think it's cool. So I was thinking, um, now that there's AIs developing art, like, what does it take? I mean, I guess the AI is the artist, but, like, are people going to go down, like, if they... So I was thinking about the range of like different results, different text in the AI thing would like produce. And like, what if someone just has like a crazy, like three random words that like make the most amazing piece of art through the AI? Like, are they the artist or is it still... Yeah, so this is like kind of what I was thinking on before, like how art is going to take form in the future and what we're going to call art. So for those who haven't listened to the last pod, we talked about it a little bit. But there are AI or programs that can create different artistic renditions based on things that you say or things that you put into the... the uh, the curie um so like mike is saying like oh what will art look like if someone was to just put in like their three words and create something that's magical from this ai so they aren't necessarily the artist but it's really tapping into their imagination yeah um so one of these ai we have used is hotpot.ai um and we went to this site and put in different things and it was interesting seeing what it created um highly recommend just going to check it out uh it's pretty easy to use send us your artwork um i'm gonna post uh, we have like a few uh listener submitted art pieces and i'm gonna post them mm. so yeah what will art look like um i think that ai is just gonna be a tool to increase productivity so maybe something that would have taken ages to create uh, with one person would be able to be made easier with the use of AI. Yeah. So I think there still is art, but it's like instead of us being the painters or the tool we're using is like a brush or a pencil, like we're using AI. So maybe we might be able to create even more magical things. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure eventually... Uh, like I wonder if one will be able to like if you take like a touchpad and like draw on it it'll be like oh I'll make a piece of art out of this mm-hmm. so I remember um, not even just with Hot Pot this at the time was just a program that was created where some it was a student um, who created uh, a he wanted to create an AI tool that would use his description of a memory that he had to try and create his actual memory. So he would use the like different words or use different like description methods to have this AI create what it believes that that scene would look like. Yeah. Um, so it was just in its infancy. This was over. This is probably about a year and a half, a year ago. This is early on when we were recording, but like that's something that could be created, where like we can view something that looks like our memory in real time, created by an AI. So use the AI to like tap into our imagination and our memories. 
So it's just going to look different, but I think it's still interesting to to look at. And definitely worth having, or definitely, I'd much prefer to have that than not. Would you? Do you want, like, I mean, so I'm thinking, like, further, like, Neuralink, like, uh, being able to take your, the memory that you have, and then, like, producing art out of that. Mm. That's, like, a little, I guess that's one step further. Yeah. I think I would prefer to have that than to not. Um. Because I feel like there's also things where, like I say this all the time on here, that like there's other technologies being created, not just, they're not just in a vacuum. So say if we were able to take a memory of your grandfather, or actually it would be us, it'd be our generation, right? And be able to pass on a direct core memory to your predecessors. So to your like grandchildren. Like, oh, this is my memory of actually the first time I picked you up. Like, and it's not necessarily like my exact memory, but it's a rendition created through an AI. So like if you were to pass, like that memory is still intact. Yeah. But what if like your memory is different from what it pulls out of your brain? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit like... I think there's going to be a little bit of a like learning curve to using this technology. And that might be the difference between like artists of today and artists of tomorrow, where they understand how to use it at a higher level than the average person and create more accurate uh, images. Yeah. It's definitely like exciting to think about. Um, I don't know. I it's pros and cons to like it. Pan out. Yeah, and like it's just something that's likely to happen. And like cuz like for me like I mean I almost never think I'm like oh want to draw something. But f- when I like learned about the hot pot thing I was like, "Oh, whatever. I'll just like do this and let this do the art." And I just mm-hmm. was like curious about it. But I wonder if it's going to, like... I wonder how artists feel right now, you know? Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, shit. Like, basically, like, that's sort of their form of... Expression? Automation taking over regular jobs. Yeah. And it's going to happen to everything. Like, there's no... There is no job that is safe from automation. Like, we're just going to get better at it. The systems are going to get better at it. Um, Right now, like we're at the point where humans are training. These neural nets are training these systems. Mm -hmm. But like in the in the future, the near future will be where they're training themselves. So they're just going to be able to get more efficient. Um, So we'll see. Like there's a lot of things where like this type of creation is going to disrupt. Like, I think video games are going to be one of the craziest. Um, There's already right now where video games are just being rendered partially. Like a lot of it's just being rendered by an AI system who just is like predicting Mm -hmm. models and then has humans coming on the back end and just tweaking it and making it perfect. So right now humans and AI are working hand in hand, but like only sooner or later, the AI is going to grow up and just take over the job completely. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. Are video games art? In a sense, they are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like having art a part of... uh, Before, I was pushing back against it, but it's like, well, the majority of the STEM, like, there are some hard facts to it, but at the end of the day, they end up creating things that would be considered art. Yeah. Like... Like, if you're trying to create a beautiful-looking car that is super aerodynamic, like, it takes a lot of STEM, but the end result is art. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it was a good re- uh, addition years later. So is the STEM thing, is that, like, 
it became steam for you or it just became steam like no it literally became sense. steam like literally oh, okay. in in schools now like it used to just be stem okay now when your kids are being taught now it's called steam okay then there's, there's st- just a difference yeah stem cell research so that's different but yeah train of thought um we just watched a video on the Isabella Gardner heist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was $500 million worth of art that they took. They said it was just like two guys, basically. Uh, maybe they had like a driver and a lookout or something. But um, they like dressed up as police officers, went in, got the security guard, who I guess was like a stoner. Uh, away from the only button that would call the police. And they handcuffed him. Second security guard came, handcuffed him too. Then they just got to Robin. Um, I wonder... Like, the guys were talking about, like... I wonder why, like, thieves would want that type of art because it's got to be hard to sell you know mm. like do you think that ro- like robbers had do you think they were like artists themselves well from the things that i've seen from it like one i believe that it was an inside job yeah. and because the way that it was described was oh yeah these guys just showed up and knew some of the like tactics to get the guy away from the only button that alerted police. The guy wasn't supposed to let in even police. That's what like the museum's protocol was. And the security guard just happened to forget about that. Yeah. Um, and a week before, same security guard was found letting someone into the museum it was the night before yeah so (laughs) and then he claimed he didn't remember who what the people looked like so it's just a lot of fishy things um and the fact that like they were able to just get in and out and the the security guards were tied up the whole night and just can't remember a thing about it. it just seemed a little fishy to me i don't necessarily believe that they were even artists i think that I think it was definitely an inside job. Definitely. But it's hard to prove that, like, oh, you you knew. It's like, you can't prove. It's hard to prove that, so. But, like, even if it was an inside job, like, why? what did they gain? Like, they got pieces of art. I, like, maybe they could sell them. I'm sure there's, like, some way you could sell them. Yeah, or someone who's, like, super wealthy. Yeah. I think it would be, like, You'd have to wait so long to even be able to sell them. So, like, it would have to be somebody who's super rich and under the guise of, like, oh, they don't know that it's been stolen. Yeah. What are, like, the best things to steal? I guess money is, like, the best thing to steal because it's just money. Mm-hmm. You, like, that's the most eliminating you, a step there. Yeah. You want to steal, like, anything that's liquid, that, like, as liquid as possible. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, you want small size but large value, right? Yeah. So maybe, like, going into, I mean, now would be a great time to steal, like, a bunch of chips, like, mm. processing chips. Oh, yeah. Um, you could make a fortune there. I think uh, art is pretty good, though, because it's, uh, it's a little difficult because it's not as liquid. Yeah. But it's so stable that over time it's going to increase in value yeah if you like keep it in good yeah. condition so i wonder like i'm curious if because they were showing animations of like people walking out with like full like with the paintings like carrying big ass paintings but they also showed like them cutting out paintings and then like rolling them up and putting them in like cylinder things mm. I'd be curious to see if, like, was it all rolled up things? Mm. 
Or did they steal? Because they said they were in like a hatchback. I don't think they could fit much in there. They only stole 13 things, too, which is ridiculous. And, and one they of them was, a, was that eagle thing, right? Yeah. And a uh, like a gold... Uh, it looked like a like a like a like one of those gold eagles that they put on top of flagpoles. Yeah, like that. That is what it looked like. Um, but they were saying that that like didn't even have any value, or mm, that was like an obscure an obscure item for them to take. And they didn't even steal the most expensive, like the more expensive art pieces. Like mm-hmm. that's what makes me believe that it wasn't it ha- it was an inside job, because if it was someone from the outside trying to do it. They would have had a much better understanding of what was in there and what's expensive. It seemed as if they just stole things arbitrarily instead yeah. of like knowing like, oh yeah, this thing specifically. Like, we want this specific piece of art. Like, right. It seemed as if it was like, yo, just come. Like, I know. And it was also fishy. Like, it was right between when they were switching securities, mm-hmm. things that only someone on the inside would have known, right, or would have like divulged information to, like. Yeah, I 100% think it's it was that security guard. Yeah. It was basically, it seemed like it was like, you're watching Tiger King <laughs> mm. and like Carol Baskin's denying killing her husband or mm. whatever, but like we all know. Yeah, it seemed as if it was um, like more likely than not. Yeah. Um, or was a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seemed as if he was a part of it. Um. So there was like, I found this thing in... 2021 so this is like a sort of new development um on the case so this is like three decades after the heist uh jeweler paul colin tropo formerly of boston came forward with an account that links bobby donati a longtime suspect and local robber to one of the pieces of art stolen from the isabella stewart gardner museum in 1990 um, in the interview, Kalan, Kalan Tropo said that Donati, whom he had known for years, showed up at his office at the Jewelers Building in downtown Boston about a month after the famous heist with an eagle-shaped finial that he asked the jeweler to appraise. Uh, Colin Tropo said he immediately recognized it as one of the stolen art pieces and told him it was worthless. So this guy, the local robber guy, apparently had the eagle, or at least something that looked like the eagle, Mm. a month after the robbery. So maybe it was like him working working with the security guard. Mm. I mean, I feel like that's how it would go down regardless. Like there was like an outside people that want the art. Mm -hmm. Then they like go in, find an in, the security guard, stoner, Mm -hmm. like easy target sort of and then take advantage of him uh but that seems like it must have been this guy right i mean well they had some understanding of it yeah there's a lot of weird things like that about the about the story like um they came in dressed as police officers and said that they had to get inside because they heard a uh a disturbance. disturbance it was like near saint patty's day i think yep and the security guard lets them in and then they look at him and are like hey like you match somebody that we have a warrant for yeah. oddly and then quote unquote arrest the security guard and pick him away from the only like button that can alert police on the outside that a yeah. robbery is happening. Then when the second security guard shows up, they arrest him immediately. And he's like, why am I being arrested? And he's like, you're not being arrested. This is a robbery. Like, don't do anything. And like, you'll be all right. Then he responds with, they don't pay me enough <laughs> to like do anything. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's just weird stuff. It gets said so many times at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they weren't even in the, the culprits weren't even wearing masks. So it's like, yeah. they don't even feel as if it's necessary, which, uh, they were talking about how like the police sketches were awful and whatever, but like, I can't describe a face. Can mm-hmm. you describe a face really? No. Like not well. No, but I was thinking about it. Like 
they probably just didn't have a good sketch artist because to my knowledge about how it works is like it takes a long time like you first say like oh does this look like and you you'd say like different things so that it can get closer and closer to the final draft which like looks like that's like a crazy unsung art form that people will overlook i think oh yeah it's gotta be so hard to be a sketch like a police sketch artist yeah and that's what is so interesting to me like where does this sit like why wouldn't an ai be able to be good at that you know what i mean and come up with different renditions like way more quickly than one person could yeah so that's another place that like it could be disrupted it's like um, a weird niche job too like mm-hmm. i wonder if someone like if someone wanted to be be a police sketch artist would they like go the police route or would they just get like an art degree mm-hmm. and then like apply i know it's interesting it's i want to fight crime but i'm just so good with a pencil i don't know um but yeah, the case is still unsolved and we can get $10 million if we help retrieve the art. We should yeah. look into that. At we a should... time. Now it's back to $5 million, to my, I believe. Still. That's still a good amount of money. Yeah, we should put our detective hats on, just try to figure it out. I wonder if someone... That's probably what someone is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just doing that. I mean, I bet like Isabella Stewart's grand, great, great, whatever. Or did she have kids? Um, To my knowledge, she did. I bet they're like looking for it. I'd be kind of pissed I'd if it was like whatever. my family shit. I'd be like, it does not matter to me. That's how I feel. I feel like it's not. There's no wrong answer to it, but to me, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna go search for this. It Hopefully. depends on like how much. I mean, if they're like really well off, then I guess I wouldn't give a shit. But I feel like people like that already have like a skewed uh, perception of there being like oh this this museum is like my entire family like Mm -hmm. it means everything to everything and uh i don't know they could be like vengeful yeah hey it's in the government's hands i'll be like it's out of my hands yeah sort that shit out government the fuck what are we paying you for um but yeah why like is this donati guy alive I guess it's hard to trace back if they can't, like, find the art. It is crazy. You could just be like, oh, I don't remember. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's uh, good enough. Yeah. Oh, I was fucking high. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, Definitely interesting. Yeah. To say the least interesting. I wonder if there'll be museums like the NFT museum in in the future. Or in the um, the meta. Oh yeah, the metaverse. That would be cool. Something like that, I'm sure. There is a lot of art, like even like theme parks are like art. So many different mediums. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's like in everything that people do. Yeah. It's not necessarily necessary, but. Even this laptop could be a piece of art to somebody. Yeah, it's true. Um, did you make any other uh, art through Hot Pot? Um, no, I had the one that you guys will see. I think my idea was like, I just put in like dragon parting water. <laughs> That's cool. Like the first three things that came to my mind. I told, uh, so I told, I was in leadership class and uh, we were talking about like seven driving forces of uh, leadership. Mm. And like two, well, one of them was AI and uh, like just technology advancing. And like that, the one we did was pace of change, just how everything's changing. Everyone has to like be adaptable. Uh, to this new like technological age that we're living in and also like the interconnectedness of the globe because mm. we're like we're all sort of like co-mingling more mm-hmm. um and working together so leaders have to be like super adaptable like usually i think it's like a very sought after thing is to like have like bilingual people mm-hmm. um 
but so we were just in a group and I brought up the hot pot thing to them and there was this one kid in my group he's like all right I'm gonna do dragon wizard and it's like everyone wants to do something with a dragon and mm-hmm. like just like fantastical shit mm-hmm. which makes sense I did like ninja electric or ninja lightning mm-hmm. I um go off your point saying how like we're just becoming more interconnected. I saw recently that like crypto has been the most um the most accepted form of technology that there has ever been or quickly accepted. And the last before that were cell phones and the internet. So from uh, I want to say it was they tracked it from I want to say it was from like let's say like 95 95 to today the internet had seen a 60% uh, growth rate so mm-hmm. the amount of people globally who are accepting and getting internet had like a 60% growth rate year over year Okay, um, and then crypto has got to be like 300% or something. Half, but still, that's ridiculous because yeah. half is still double, more mm-hmm. than double of what the other, like what we're comparing to is yeah. adoption rate. So crypto from 2010 to now has seen a 140% adoption rate, which is ridiculous okay. year over year. So it's like, wow, like where is it going to be in 10 years, you know? It is weird. It's like... I don't know a whole lot about crypto, but like, yeah, I'm like buying it. And Everybody like, is. I feel like a ton of people don't know shit about it, and they're like, mm-hmm. all just like, yeah, fucking sign me up. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, because it's really on the back of cell phones and the internet. Like, it's just mm-hmm. the, next, the next thing. It seems like the next right progression. Yeah. And it's weird when people... Not to get off of the art, but people fight against it when it's like you were probably on the side of we don't need cars. Cars are stupid. Like we have horses. Horses get me to where I'm going perfectly <laughs> fine. Like, why do I need a car? Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And then 10 years later, everybody has a car. Like mm-hmm. nobody's driving horse. Nobody's riding horses anymore. So it's just like a progression of things. Could be possible also with. With the AI, maybe maybe what would happen, what what may happen is our canvases get larger, or our our art gets more detailed in ways that we couldn't imagine today because mm-hmm. our productivity is increased using AI. So hopefully, I like you you said earlier, how do artists feel? Hopefully, artists feel good. Hopefully, they feel like all right, like this will just open up my canvas, like right. It's a new way for me to express. Not, but there's definitely competing. people out there, the the horse riders, mm-hmm. that are like, no, I want just my paintbrush, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Hey, and there's nothing. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying no, for you to be yeah, like, I mean, because, and I'm not, I don't want people to think like, oh yeah, like we have to be using like, there's no place for old old art. Like, all old art is stupid. Like. The way that past generations have created has to stay that way forever. But it's like it's a human thing to to be like sort of afraid of change because we mm-hmm. are like creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. We like get comfortable in our ways. Mm-hmm. So like naturally, people are gonna be like, "Oh, well, this new thing, I don't know about it." Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I wanna I wanna pose like a change of perspective for someone who's listening to this and is like, "Oh, this is so dumb," like whatever. Don't think about all that is wrong or that can go wrong with the adoption of a technology like this, but think about all the good that can come of it. Like there's probably plenty of people who aren't able to enjoy art the same way that we are, but we're like, can partake in it. And this opens it up to them. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. Like, I'm sure I was thinking about this like with a, a different form of technology. I saw someone using a a um, 
he was using like a word apparatus, something where like he he had no arms, and he's playing Fortnite, yeah. and he's doing things that are difficult for someone to even do with a controller or mm-hmm. a uh, a keyboard and mouse, which is easier. And he's doing something that is usually more difficult on those platforms, or is usually difficult on those platforms, but he's using his voice. And it's like, imagine there was a time where it's like, why would we need voice recognition in apps? Like, that's the stupidest thing ever. But this guy is able to get, like, highlights of him, like, beating somebody in the game just using his voice. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so it's like, oh, there's so much good that can come from it or so many different things that, like, fantastical things that we can't even think of right now. Yeah. So I think it's interesting and a cool progression of art. One interesting point that came out of uh, that leadership discussion, I thought, uh, I was thinking about, that it sort of confuses me. I kind of have a better understanding of it now, but... They were talking about, like, in a few years, there's just going to be a talent shortage. Um, But from my understanding, that means there's going to be, like, more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. Um, That could be interesting. Why is that? Why did they say? Because I have my own idea, but... I don't know. I was, like, too busy, like, trying to figure out, like, talent shortage. What the fuck does that even Mm. mean? Um... Cause like, how do you even gauge talent? Um, but I don't know. I guess there's just going to be like a ton of jobs and like not enough people to fulfill those jobs. Or maybe it's like with all the automation that's going on, they're going to need to make new jobs, mm. which may require more talent because they're like more in depth. Mm. Exactly. To do. And we're not teaching people for that future. So like, I think that's the problem that we're seeing that I believe is happening where we're moving into a a world where there's going to be more automation and either there are going to be people who know how to deal with the automation or can take the jobs that will come. But I think that most people think that it's so far away when in fact it's closer than we think. Right. And we won't in the way that technology, the trend of technology is, is that, it's literally going to be like a rocket mm-hmm. where we get to this next stage and people won't be ready for it. So there won't be people in those spaces to complete the new tasks that are required. Yeah. Um, my hope is that we'll reach a point where it's like, all right, like we have so much more automation and productivities through the roof that there are people who won't have like I think there needs to be some kind of like livable wage that the government just gives. Yeah. Because why is it that if I'm able to produce enough for five, that I just end up with five times the regular earning, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, what, what I don't, what happens if a robot is able to complete a task that usually would take 10 people, but it does it, with only one robot. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there is a bunch of production into the economy that is unaccounted for. Like what, at that point, like what isn't an account? The economy is the amount of production that people create. Right. Yeah. So if most of our supply chain and production train is automated and done by robots, then what is an economy? You you don't know what I mean. It it changes the definite. It changes the game that we're playing. Yeah. So it's like, should we be using the old rules that we were had before, where people were still required to work, even though most of the jobs out there are automated? Like, yeah. So maybe, and that may lead to. I mean, legit. Like, I guess it's just like the input of manpower is change to like energy yeah to make like to run the robots but that sounds like the matrix yeah um yeah i don't know where i was going with that but i was just trying to like figure shit out Mm. well keep going i feel like there's probably someone listening doing the same thing 
So an economy has like inputs and outputs and they try to like maximize efficiency yeah. or utilization, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, robots are going to provide us with like definitely like a higher output or like a very efficient output rate. Yep. In comparison to just human production. Right. Way more. Like astronomically more. Yeah. But then like what are they what I mean, I guess that's going to lead us to maximizing like our own like human manpower. Mhm. Because we're going to have nothing else to do. And, and we're that's just going to have to like get super creative and start like being real smart and shit. And that's what like like I see that I cuz okay, so people I'm in the I'm more of a uh I'm a bit of a scientist myself. I'm an optimist. So people will say like, "Oh yeah, like robots will just take over the workforce and people will just be poured into poverty because no one will be able to make any money because most of the jobs are automated." Yeah. I hope that when we get to this point that our government will pivot instead of trying to fight against it mm-hmm. and put in place laws where if a company ha- is mostly automated, they should pay taxes that are then pushed back to the people yeah. as a livable wage mm-hmm. um, because our economy will be so inflated that like, there's right. no reason particularly for someone to have to work. Right. And that's like a, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And In I think that, that will cause more artists. People will want to create more. People will want to do things that they want to do instead of have to do. A lot of people work jobs that they don't even want to work. It's like it might force us to instead of like being really like task oriented, it may make us like force us into being more uh, like creative Mm. rather than like I have to get this done and get this done and Mm. get this done because that's like what efficiency is when. We're trying to, like, get stuff done. But if robots are going to take over that, then we're going to have to, like, be like, oh, well, just more creative thinking rather than, uh, like, efficient thinking. Mm. It's like, I, like, this is a, this is just a brand new thought. Has it been, like, but my idea is that, like, it's like, oh, we go to the gym so that we can get strong, so that we can, like, I don't know, maybe protect, right? Yeah. But like, what if we just had always with us some massive Herculean like person or tool that can lift anything we need to be lifted or uh, move anything we need to be moved way beyond what you could normally do? Yeah. At that point, I'd be trying to accomplish bigger things than just than just like working out to protect. You know what I mean? I'd be trying to say like, all right, like um maybe I was lifting so I could like help to try and like so I can make it easier to build my house. Well, maybe I should just build an even bigger house since I have this tool that can do or this person who could do most of the work for me. Yeah. Maybe we could create things I wouldn't normally be able to create. Yeah. Sounds like a uh, like Rick Sanchez. Like, he definitely has something like that. Hmm. Yeah, like you think he's the one who's creating all these, like, massive things? No. No. But he's smart enough to develop shit that hmm. can. Like, what is possible? Like, all right, so the so the pyramids, right? That was used mainly on slave power. Like, what would... What Allegedly. Could, yeah, what, what could we... I hate that. Don't say that. That makes me so mad. I hate <laughs> Why? Because I hate when I go on like the History Channel and it's always like, now nah, I need Mike. Mike will understand as I've known him for a long time. Other listeners might not, but it's always like middle-aged white men saying that like <laughs> these black people couldn't create these pyramids because it's just way uh. too advanced and it's not possible <laughs> because like, like oh it had to be aliens. Like there's no way they're so <laughs> like uh, rudimentary tools. Like they they can't they couldn't have done it. So that always makes me mad when it's like, oh, it's aliens. Uh, but then when it's it. like, oh, they built the uh, 
like the Coliseum, like no aliens there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. What what would be possible? Like, what if we instead of having a whole uh army of slaves who complain and fight back and want to rebel, we had robots creating this thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be easier. Hey, that, be able to create pyramids like three times the size. That was easy. Yeah, legit. So. I thought I found it interesting. Yeah. We're really getting close to the future. Yeah, and like way closer than we could even think. Mm. Like think possible. It was pretty interesting. It's, yeah, it's an exciting time to be alive, definitely. Yeah. We're too early to see all of the really cool stuff. And we're too late to see all the cool stuff we already built. Like we're in yeah. between right now, but at least we can get rich off of crypto. <laughs> yeah that's the main thing alright let's slam each other real quick call it a day um, okay <laughs> you're a cold blooded pale hearted tickle brain a tickle brain that's the most interesting part uh, cold blooded emotionless Pale-hearted. Cowardly. Tickle brain. Having a overlish, overly ticklish brain. <laughs> no, I guess that had to be rude. Like, <laughs> tickle brain? That has to be rude. I made that up, but... Uh, yeah. Drunkard. Tickle brain is a type of strong liquor. Oh, really? Oh. Uh. Interesting. So we are doing... Um, an insult generator. Shakespeare's. Final. Shakespeare's insult generator. Got it at the gar- at the Gardner Museum. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this as a close for the episodes. <laughs> this is very funny. You're an apish, barren-spirited braggart. Barren-spirited? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So that would be foolish, resembling an ape. Yeah. Empty, unoriginal. Person who boasts loudly. You got me. It's pretty funny. Love it. But yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, episode 74. Mm-hmm. Art in the Road future. Road to 100. Let's go. First yeah, 100. Yeah, we're close as shit. Yeah. Um... We'll do something special for a hundred. But yeah, see you next week, guys and gals and they. Thanks for listening.